0: Watching this episode could be worth thousands of dollars and possibly even hundreds of hours of your time. This is actually dedicated to my younger self a couple of years ago, who I imagine many of you out there who happen to be watching this can relate to all of you brand new baby entrepreneurs that have actually been in business and have been making some money However, have not had any financial literacy or education on what to do with that money, specifically when it comes to taxes. This was very different than my usual format of interviewing my peers, and I decided to go ahead and invite on an expert This is somebody that radically changed my life in my own personal abundance experiment because I was so incredibly naive at the beginning of this journey. And what I am finding is that my story is so many of yours. So many of us get into business and follow our passion and our purpose and actually make some great money. And in my case, it went on for a couple of years before the thought even crossed my mind to think about filing my taxes and even knowing what my tax liability was. And I can tell you that was a really, really scary time to go through simply because I felt so alone and so uneducated and in a lot of fear. So if that resonates, and it sounds like where you might find yourself, then this episode, at the very least, is going to give you a lot of relief, a lot of basic education, and hopefully some of the first steps out of this overwhelming reality that you might find yourself in. And you definitely want to stay till the end because I do ask a bonus question about What does it mean that taxes are voluntary? So if you're ready to gain some knowledge and wisdom that will actually change your life as an entrepreneur, then let's get started. Welcome back in visionaries to the dream into being podcast where mind science, transformational psychology and magic all merge into one. If you're ready to dream again and transcend the inertia of what you've known, then I invite you to join me, your host and envisioneer Kat Divine, in expanding the boundaries of your own fantasia by remembering that you are the master you've been waiting for. Welcome back, Envisionaries, to another episode. Today's episode is actually going to be a little bit different and a little bit unique from what we typically do on the show. I know that I often interview my peers. However, today I have a really exciting guest on. She is an expert who has been handholding me through my entrepreneurial journey, more specifically the Abundance Experiment. And one of the reasons I'm so excited to have Stacy on today is there is a huge trend. And you've probably been noticing this, Stacy, of a lot of people waking up from the idea that maybe we don't have to work nine to five jobs. And maybe there is an opportunity for us out there for us to work for ourselves. And there's a lot of marketing around, you know, like a lot of buzz that that's possible for people. And so people are making the leap more and more and more. And the circles that I am blessed to be around are the ones that are actually doing it consistently, starting to earn some income, however, have lacked financial education. So myself included, and I feel like I'm constantly learning. So to have access to a resource like you and your team has completely changed the game for me. So I'm really excited to share you with my audience today. Uh, I will read some highlights of who you are and your bio, and then I'll have you introduce yourself after. Uh, so Stacy Simpson is the CEO and co-founder of Simpson and Kirkman Tax, which is an accounting firm with a drive to help small businesses and individuals minimize their taxes and preserve their wealth. And this was something that she did for me instantly. I mean, like day one, this was my experience working with their team. They're phenomenal. Uh, Their services include tax prep, bookkeeping, payroll, business consulting, retirement planning, and much, much more. If there's anything I missed, please feel free to share. And one of one of the things I love to do on the show is I love to celebrate people and I love to give my guests an opportunity to celebrate themselves. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you. If you want to just briefly introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit about your backstory and how you became an entrepreneur and founder of Simpson and Kirkman Tax, and then even just celebrate yourself for these amazing accomplishments that you've done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as it goes, my background is really crazy because I started doing like accounting work in high school, which is really crazy. And I don't think anybody else like I know has done that. But I was in a high school that had a finance program and they're like, here, have these different internships. Wow. And So then I started there and then, you know, even had internships throughout college and everything like that. And so like, loved the accounting and specifically the tax field. And it's just, it's always been so interesting to me. And so then, you know, I've worked with different firms as an intern and then a staff accountant and, you know, working my way up in them. And then I just realized that, you know, there's such limited growth within like, the accounting field, or even just like within like the field of like business overall, right. you know, sometimes you're very limited of how quickly you can grow and where you want to be, mm-hmm. and and so I was always consulting with people on their taxes, how to save the money, and it was all these entrepreneurs, and I was like, I can do that, like I'm already doing this. Why don't I just do this on my own? Mm-hmm. And so just took the journey and as and i was 25 when i like legit was like all right i'm just going to go do this by myself i just was like i'm tired of working for everybody else i feel like i you know know a lot already mm-hmm. but in the tax field i mean i'm still learning more and more things about taxes and then the financial wealth and everything and it's you, you there's never a point where you're like i know it all
0: i know <laughs> and that's i think that's part of Being in that category of an entrepreneur, it comes with the breed is you have to love learning and you have to love being a student and being humbled by that journey. Um, So I'm curious, how long have you been in business on your own then?
1: On my own now, I I think it's been about four years now on my own.
0: Good job. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm coming up on three years and... Yeah, Yeah, I've gotten a really great opportunity. Maybe you have as well of getting a chance to be the support system behind the Mm -hmm. scenes to other entrepreneurs. And I'm like, that's to me, that's the best way to learn. Uh, Oh, yeah. Right. And then you find out what it is that makes you light up. And in your case, how amazing that it's taxes. (laughs) Like, it's just the coolest thing to me that there is a human on earth like you that exists.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't get it I don't get why I enjoy it so much uh, but I'm just like okay cool and then like the government will go and pass a new law and I'm like cool I get to learn everything all over again because they changed um, tax codes mm-hmm. so,
0: I think that, yeah I think that was what I was so impressed about with you and your team was that you guys actually specialize in being on the cutting edge of whatever the new trends are whatever the new laws are and just before I had met you guys was working with another professional and it was very obvious even as a brand new that was my first time ever filing taxes as an entrepreneur but I could see the difference of commitment to the work just like polar opposites of how you guys approached it and literally what I was looking for you all provided like instantly it it just couldn't have been easier and I'm just like how did I get so lucky because I got a chance to see what it's like to work with somebody that's not looking out for your best interest or they're not interested or they're not learning.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it truly depends upon like when you entered into the whole tax field like because there's so long like that the tax code just stayed the The same forever, and like it barely changed, or there'd be very minimal changes like each year versus like I was thrown in when you know Trump took office and just rewrote the entire tax code. And so, perfect, I was like, Yeah, so I like I was literally in the beginning stages of my career, and I'm like, Oh, wait, this is normal. Right. So it's, it's just my new normal now is that Congress is changing everything all the time.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Wow. That's going to give you guys such a leg up because you think about mm-hmm. somebody who's been in the industry for 20, 30 years. Yeah. I don't think everybody loves to learn as much as the next person. So.
1: Yeah. And I, have there's times where I have to meet with like past accountants and stuff like that for like my clients and everything. And I just like I'm talking to the prior accountant and it's like just they're like, Yeah, I've been doing this the same way for 20 years. And I'm like, well, that way is now not acceptable. Like uh, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna be changing that moving forward. And my gosh,
0: yes. I just I really do feel so blessed for myself and anybody I can share you with. Um because it, like you said, this is such a learning curve for us as well as an entrepreneur. Like I feel like I'm constantly like a little kindergartner trying to figure mm-hmm. this stuff out. And I, it's almost amazing to me that I made it as far as I did without having professional support like you and your team. And anyways, we're going to get into some really fun topics today that, oh my gosh, they were so out of my consciousness that... At the very least, I'm hoping that anybody who's blessed enough to watch this episode today, you all will leave with a sense of relief that number one, you can learn these things and that you can have a professional like Stacy and her team holding your hand and oh my gosh, you guys pretty much do everything for me. So it's like a dream come true. Um, but at the same time, the other piece that I really, really respect about you is your your ability to teach and educate. And that was something that I really, I was surprised to find how interested I was in Mm -hmm. understanding what I was doing and saying yes to like, what am I signing? And why am I signing this and just getting a little bit of education every time we have an interaction. And I know that that's something that you offer as well, um, consulting and coaching. So we'll get into that. But just, I'm trying to, I'm wanting to focus on the target audience, which is brand new entrepreneurs and more so people that are maybe in their first couple of years. With a caveat, I have come across this. And you might see this all the time, I'm sure. For myself, I think I went two two and a half years of not filing any taxes. Because Mm -hmm. it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind, like nobody was hunting me down. I didn't know, like, is this really a big deal? And one thing I've found as a trend is the average entrepreneur, at least that I meet, is anywhere between one and seven years behind on actually taking action because it's this like invisible monster. So Mm -hmm. I really, I want to speak to those people today. And give them some education and confidence to go ahead and face that monster because you guys, it's not going away (laughs) at all. Like you you have to face this. And if you have somebody like Stacy on your team, you can face it. I I was actually very shocked to find out that there was so much available to me to face this monster. So Uh, anyways, speaking to these brand new entrepreneurs, what just base level advice would you give them? I think a lot of us start off as sole proprietors, mostly because we don't know any better. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of briefly touching on what is the sole proprietor versus an LLC, just, I mean, really lightly so that they can start to get a bigger picture of some of their options.
1: Yeah. And so essentially there's two different ways to look at things. And one is at the federal level and one's at like a state level and how your board is run. Mm-hmm. The state level and how your board is run is the difference between an LLC and an Inc. And those main differences are basically how many shareholders do you ever want to have in setting up your company? Right. And that's the only difference between both of those. Uh, LLC is limited to 100 shareholders versus a Inc. You can have 10 million shareholders. Wow. Okay. But that's just both of them do the same thing and, you know, protection and setting up your business, registering with the state, it all does the same thing. They're both equally the same. They just are how you structure your board. But incorporating or doing that step does not change how you're taxed. And so, how you're taxed is as like a sole proprietorship, an S corporation or a C corporation. Okay. Um and we can throw in there partnership, but just overall if you're yeah. a partnership, you're taxed as a sole proprietorship as well.
0: Oh, okay. Good to know. And essentially it yeah. would just be like maybe two sole proprietors in a joint business right. partnership. Mm-hmm. Got it.
1: Yep. And so then that's where it comes into doing like all the different tax planning and all that fun stuff of, you know, which structure should I be? Should I be a sole proprietorship? And should I be an S corporation? Should I be a C corporation? When should I make those changes? Right. And stuff like that. And one, I do say that it does depend upon what state you're in because each state has different rules and regulations and taxes on, sole proprietorships, S-corporations, C-corporations. But furthermore from there, it really does depend upon where your profits are at. So as your profits go up, that's where you want to start like playing around with your tax structure.
0: Okay. And I do want to get into a little bit more of that, but I was just wanting them to know that if they've started off as a sole proprietor, which is what I did. I was so pleasantly surprised to find out what all the benefits were. So maybe we can go through that just a tiny bit. What would be what would be some basic benefits of somebody incorporating versus just staying at sole proprietor level?
1: Yeah, so the biggest benefit there is, you know, once you have like an established income and, and everything and you have profits that are very reasonable, Mm -hmm. That's where you can really start benefiting from tax savings by doing it by doing an S corporation or C corporation. Um, And then there are legal benefits to doing it where, you know, by even just having the LLC or the Inc, you can have a lot of legal benefits that protect you. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously I'm not a lawyer so I can't speak to those legal benefits but (laughs) they're all out there on the internet so okay
0: perfect and do you recommend that that I don't know like is that smart for somebody to go and just maybe get some education first before reaching out to somebody like you or would you recommend them just going right to you
1: I say if it's in the back of your mind and you want to discuss it and everything it's best to just reach out to your accountant, a, an accountant that you know, like stuff like that, and start asking these questions and go through, you know, that type of consultation of, you know, what are my options to do? And I have people that will do it where they're like, listen, I have this harebrained idea that I'm gonna pursue. What do I need to do? Yes. To get it set up. And they'll start like from literally like day zero. And start their conversation with me. But then I also have business owners like yourself who came to me, you know, when they're in their two year period. And they're like, listen, I feel like everything's like crazy here. What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And so just either way, just talk to somebody about those questions and, you know.
0: Okay, I agree. And that was something I feel like I definitely missed out on. I, and I think this is a common perception with entrepreneurs is we're such go-getters. We're like, I can do everything. I can learn everything. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I had a big mental shift around, especially when it came to abundance. I was like, oh boy, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much energy. There's only so much focus Mm -hmm. we can have. And we're better off, you guys, as entrepreneurs To be doubling down on the skills that we love and that we're good at and then leveraging our time by calling in people like Stacy and other experts to leverage their skills and that's the difference at least it was for me of um, freeing up my time and energy to actually put my focus into my business instead of all the details because it's not a necessity we don't need to do it that way. I was even trying to do my own bookkeeping. I mean, like, oh man. Yeah, you guys have saved me so much more than just time. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, so speaking of, that's my next question. So perfect mm-hmm. key up. When should somebody start, l- I guess either learning bookkeeping and if they're going to do it themselves to start, what is the best way to start? And when do they know it's time to hire out?
1: So the best time to start is from the, like, from when you start purchasing things for your business, like on day one. And that comes from my tax perspective of, we need all of that information that you spent on to get your business off the ground, because when we can, you know, take those as deductions and stuff like that. And so we want to know what that was there at the beginning, versus a lot of times people like, I don't need to do it until I start making money right <laughs> and then i'm like well you just missed a whole chunk of if you put 10 grand into your business where is that like can i see that and so it's really important just like from day 1 and i tell people i don't care how you do your bookkeeping you can literally write it on a piece of paper in a journal and then you just take a picture and send that to me awesome. like i don't care whatever gets you to like say hey i've got to track this for you know my business that you're doing the right thing. You're okay. you're taking that step. And then obviously you can start going into like the programs, getting you on Wave or QuickBooks or, you know, any of those softwares online. Yes. And it, yeah, and it can be easy when you start going into those softwares online, when, you know, you can link everything. And so long, everything's going through your business bank account. Mm-hmm. You can track everything through there. But then, you know, there's times where there's like, oh, well, I had a bunch of, you know, this hit my business bank account, but I like it categorized certain way or anything like that. Listen, I'm terrible at doing my own bookkeeping and I do this for a living. <laughs> like, it's I admit hard. it. It's hard, you guys. It, <laughs> um, it, it is.
0: Yeah. So great kickoff to one of the things I think that I mean, I'm just kind of going through what I think is common, because I'm seeing it in my journey. And then I'm hearing it in my circles. And just this lack of education, the mess that it can make is ginormous. I felt like I had a whole storage facility of tangled Christmas tree lights that I had to sort out. And it took me months and months to get this all under control. And then at the end of it, your reward is that you get to pay taxes. So I'm like, the whole process is not exciting or glamorous. However, thank goodness I ended up having such a great resolution, but I'm telling you guys, like Stacy just said, even if you are taking notes in a notebook or a spreadsheet or notes in your phone, go ahead and take the time to do it because I was literally committing hours and months to, backlogging and fixing things from a couple of years ago. And then the other piece of this that I think is so crucial is when would you recommend that they open up their business checking? Because that was the other mistake I made. I was doing everything out of my personal. And then it was like trying to tease all of that apart was such a giant mess. So is that similar to the bookkeeping process? Should they open their business checking day one?
1: Yeah, ideally day one. And even if you don't go through the steps of getting an LLC and an EIN that, you know, the bank's required to have your business bank account, you open up just a second personal account that you can have all those transactions go through that you're like, this is the business account and it's still under your personal name. That's totally fine until we start changing structures and doing anything like that. You should move it from a personal account. But Really, if you can have a place where you can just take a bank statement and you're like, all of this is business. Yeah, It's going to save you so much in the long run. It's going to make your life easier. And then like, even if you were to start, you know, working with an accountant or bookkeeper or anything like that to do all of that, they're going to ask for that anyways. And so right. then you're going to be like, well, it's in my personal. And then they're like, well, we're going to charge you X amount more I to know? sort through this.
0: Yes, so not only do you get to pay more, but you also get to go through your your uh, bank statements and highlight little things and like categorize everything manually. And oh man, it was not a fun adventure, but very very humbling. (laughs) And I think the other thing, the value to it was I very very quickly saw the value of working with somebody like you. It was just an absolute no brainer at that point because I thought, Mm -hmm. wow what I could be making for my hourly uh, doing my thing was so significantly different than, you know, me spending my hour doing these kinds of tasks. And just really quick in case somebody is maybe on the fence of feeling ready, like they do want to open up their business checking, what are some of the things that they need to check off in order to have? So they do need to be incorporated or... I, I'm trying to remember, can you open one as a sole proprietor or what does the bank look for?
1: Yeah, so you can open one as a sole proprietor. So it would just be under your name, then sole proprietor right next to it. The biggest thing then um, is having an EIN, which is, you know, the tax ID for the business. And that's going to be your biggest thing. So you can either go in as a sole proprietor or you can have an you know LLC or an Inc., and then you just show the state registration with the bank as with the EIN paperwork. And then it takes like a day or two to set yeah. up. And, and then there's a lot of online banks and everything like that. That's really easy to set up with as well.
0: Okay, great. And then from that point let's say that they're not quite ready to do something like QuickBooks, what are some of the maybe free apps that you recommend that they could get started on before they transfer over to something more robust?
1: Yeah, so the biggest free one that I recommend is the wave uh, accounting. And that is just it's, it's very simple in the way that it keeps track of expenses and does all the reports. Mm -hmm. But if you're in that beginning stage, or if you're in a business that does not have a lot of robust, you know, different product lines, different revenue lines, anything like that, then, you know, using wave is perfectly fine versus using like QuickBooks or zero or any of those other accounting platforms that can be really expensive.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then just an FYI to all of you out there, Probably one of the things that really helped me just exhale on this journey was it seemed like any time I needed to navigate or shift you and your team just were on it with a solution for me and I just thought oh wow this is amazing even if we make a mistake, or even if we maybe or we committed to something too soon that we didn't need, there's always a way to reroute. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to give the audience just like some breathing room to know that you, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to know how to anticipate the right decision every single time. But from what I've experienced, everything is fixable. And uh, yeah, It's just a matter of, again, having the the proper support. So back to one of my first questions that we were talking about in the opening. And I find it funny because it's so common of here we are, this brand new baby entrepreneur. We're just growing our wings and we know logically that the IRS exists. We know that we have to pay taxes, but because we don't have any education on it, it's just this abstract ethereal idea. That's like, yeah, someday I'll deal with that when I have to. And I even remember thinking, do like, do I wait until the IRS contacts me? I really was that naive. I didn't have any clue. And, uh, Yeah, I've got some family members and friends that waited the longest when she waited was seven years before she faced it. And then I've even spoken to some of my entrepreneurial friends that have done so well, like multimillionaires. And they started out that way, too, of that deficit Mm -hmm. up front. So what I'm really hoping in this conversation and maybe many more to come is What's some of the basic education that somebody needs to know to not fall into that trap because I almost feel like it's a guarantee. Maybe you have better statistics than I do. Like how common is that?
1: Yeah, so I will say it's it's very common. I I see it all all the time where we'll have a new client come in and be like, "So I haven't filed taxes in 10 years or in 5 years <laughs> and can you help me?" And we're like okay, yes, we can help you. Let's, you know, let's go through everything and get a game plan together. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is, is whether or not you file taxes, there's really not anything wrong with not filing. What gets you in trouble is not paying taxes.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So, okay. Yeah. So I've had clients who will make like a 25 grand payment each year to the IRS and they're, it was so easy to catch them up everything because all their taxes were paid
0: oh that's interesting so they basically Mm -hmm. just go on to I guess the what like what website would they go to to set that up and just start making payments
1: so they would go on and the IRS has made it so much easier than what it has been in the past where you can literally go into like the irs.gov And go to my account, and you just set up your account with your social security date of birth, and you answer some like background security questions. Okay. And then you see everything that the IRS has for you.
0: Okay. Right. So you have your own profile
1: with that. Yeah. Okay. And then you can make your payments in there. You can, you know, keep track of any IRS notices, anything like that that you get, and just see everything through there.
0: Okay. And then, And this is something that uh, I'm recently revisiting with you, and we'll we'll get to this question in a little bit more depth soon about like the S corp and payroll and those kinds of things. But let's just say somebody is yeah on the fence of how how should they pay taxes? What do you what's your best advice? Because I've got a couple of different thoughts around this where. At first I wanted to just pay it all um, as I was going, maybe monthly or quarterly. And then I thought, well, maybe it's better for me to put it in a high interest yield savings and let it just sit there. So I'm making a little something before I pay the lump sum. Do you think it's more about their personality and what's going to work for them? Or do you have a specific track that you 100% like?
1: hundred percent, it's about personality. Okay. <laughs> like there's sometimes where we have clients where they're like, okay, listen, tell me the quarterly payments. I'm going to write them in my notebook. I'm going to schedule the quarterly payments to come out and I'm not going to have to think about it. Yeah. Versus there's others where they're like, listen, like I'd rather just save by myself and have a ballpark figure of what I'm gonna end up having to pay. So that way I have it in an account, accessible to pay. And so it's really upon the personality and how they manage their own money. Okay. Of what works best for them. The IRS does have, you know, penalties if you do o taxes and you don't pay quarterly. So that's where all of this you hear, you've got to pay your taxes quarterly and everything like that. But when it comes to business owners and everything like that, business fluctuates each month. And so there's ways to get around those penalties and to make sure that, you know, the business owner is doing the right thing for their own business.
0: Okay. And like we were just talking about you guys, this is an evolution because I've been kind of at every single one of these points. And <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, shifted to a new, a new strategy. So again, like it's so cool to me to just have that weight taken off of my shoulders and know that I've got you guys to guide me on this because even, even if I had the interest, I don't know if I would have the time to learn and research all of these things. So just the value you guys bring is phenomenal. Okay, so this is a really exciting one. And this is actually the reason that I went looking for you guys, uh, or just was wanting to manifest in my universe, people like you, because Mm -hmm. my frustration with the first tax uh, accountant I was working with I remember I was really good about keeping track of all of my business write offs. And I, you know, sent all of those in, and it didn't seem like many of them were accounted for when I, you know, got my paperwork back. And I felt really discouraged thinking, wait, I thought, you know, I thought that was part of this. And Mm -hmm. so that was financially painful enough for me to seek out additional guidance. and here's what's so cool about her team and what you guys offer I think you guys still offer it is they were willing before I even made a decision to switch they offered to do gosh what is it called where you look at the previous submission the previous year and what is it called
1: yeah, yeah it's just a we review your taxes okay. from the prior year and let you know if we see anything and you know and a lot of times we'll do that when people will be like listen I just don't feel like my taxes were right last year mm-hmm. and we're like listen just send it over if it if there's anything that catches our eyes like right um, off the bat then you know we'll, we'll let you know yeah so and it the you wouldn't imagine some of the things that we've seen by doing that. I
0: couldn't, I could not believe the difference. Uh, I mean, I'll put it this way. I went from paying them a lot of money to actually getting a return. And it was, it was shocking to me. Cause I felt like as the entrepreneur that I had done all the right things up until that point, but I ended up in a situation with a professional that, like I said, just wasn't motivated to do a little bit of the extra work and it was such a light bulb moment for me of oh my gosh what a huge value to have somebody who's looking out for you uh so when it comes to tax write-offs what and i know every industry is so completely different but what are some categories or things that people can be thinking about that they can start tracking so that when they reach out to you or to another professional that they're prepared by keeping track of some of their business expenses and write-offs that they may not be currently.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, overall, you know, if you're like, Hey, I need this so I can continue to do my business so I can grow my business or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's automatically going to go into the tax write-off category. Because, it's going to be applicable to your business. You're like, listen, I need this to, you know, grow my business or I need this for, you know, X, Y, and Z. I need this software just so I can do my daily tasks. Yeah. Very simple things like that. Then where you get into the conversation of people saying, Hey, like there's these personal things that I pay for, but that I do use them for my business. And so that's where obviously there's this huge gray area Mm -hmm. and and I don't think I've seen, I've seen accountants have similar opinions and everything like that, but nobody said the same exact answer
0: at all anyway.
1: <laughs> no. And so, you know, it, it's especially hard, you know, when we're like, okay, hey, you should be doing this. They're like, well, I talked to this other professional and they said this and we're like, listen, you're going to talk to about 10 more professionals yep. and you're never going to get the same answer.
0: A thousand percent.
1: And so, and then we just tell them like one, it's, how much are you using it for your business? If you're like, listen, I put a desk in my, you know, living room to have a home office, but I'm, I never work from home. And I'm going to be like, chances are, we're not going to take that as a business expense. Like you can't just throw a desk and say, Hey, I've got a business office at home. You got to actually work from there and produce, you know, revenue and everything to justify that being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like people who will be like, listen, my cell phone, I'm like, well, do you make business calls from it? Do you, you know, work on like business emails or anything like that? They're like, no, I just, I, I use it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. You cannot take that. Like, there's just simple things yeah. of, it has to be used for business at some, like to start, you know, writing it off and to start going into those deeper conversations. hmm Uh,
0: yeah so for my industry which is a lot of on-camera things that was kind of where I got excited to find out that there was the opportunity for you know beauty expenses and clothing and anything that does show up on camera or out in social media land so that was really exciting for me to learn about is there I guess what would you recommend like is there Anywhere that somebody could go to look at what are all the possibilities for their industry? Or do you recommend that they just keep a running tab and then consult with somebody like you?
1: I would say just keep like a running tab and then Mm -hmm. consult with your tax professional. And then also understand, you know, okay, hey, if I take this expense and the IRS comes back and they say not 100% of it was for business, Mm -hmm. or they, or they write me what are my options then because obviously you're going to end up having to pay taxes and stuff on that as well and so just understanding like hey this one's like in that gray area what would happen if the IRS was to come back and oh yeah not allow this
0: Uh, let's talk about that if you don't mind I guess what what would happen
1: yeah so what would happen would be that the IRS would write a nice little letter and it says audit and it scares everybody and they're like we're (laughs) auditing x y and z and we're like okay and we'll take uniforms for example okay um just because i see you know sometimes where that one can be abused and Uh so it'll be people like you know people who are in like the social media space or anything like that who buy all of these clothes to do everything on camera Mm -hmm. and they'll classify that as uniforms Well, the IRS has a very strict code of your uniform is a protective gear that you cannot work without. Interesting. Okay. So then it's like, well, if you're doing a lot of on-camera work, that's promotion, that's advertising, that falls into a whole different category space Mm -hmm. for that expense. And so the IRS is going to disallow the uniform expense. In that way we can still take it. It's just named differently.
0: Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So I hope you guys are catching this that if you're working, if you're trying to do this on your own, or you're working with somebody that doesn't know the difference, these are significant changes to how you prepare. That's going to change your outcome. So hopefully, you guys are starting to understand why I value Stacey and her team so much and why. I will continue to, you know, push this kind of education out there because unfortunately, it's not something I found as a resource. The more I think about it, a lot of the financial resources that I look at now are a little bit more high level, more, more so like, what do you do when you actually have money versus what do you do when you're just learning how to swim? So I, this is just so incredibly powerful anybody who's watching this episode the fact that you lined up with this and that you're getting this information now before it hits you in a way that is not fun to deal with it's pretty incredible so here is uh one of the, one of our final questions but this is a bonus question mostly for my own curiosity i got exposed to so many different theories and ideologies when it comes you know when you start creating more abundance in your life you start wanting to become financially literate and there's a lot out there that sometimes you don't know what's true and what's not so one thing that kept showing up that I thought was interesting that I never got a solid answer to was that taxes are voluntary and I know that that can be interpreted in so many different ways. And I know there's actually a lot of movements around, you know, sovereignty movements around this. And I'm like, you know, I just need to ask Stacy and find out what exactly does that mean and how does that affect us?
1: Yeah, so and taxes are voluntary is so vague because essentially what it is is tax paying taxes is not voluntary you're you're legally obligated to pay your taxes now what's voluntary to take is deductions credits applying for your refund at the end of the year if you've been paying in taxes all year and you've been overpaying that's Uh a voluntary process you're not going to get a letter from the irs stating Uh hey you never claimed your refund for 2020 we're just keeping it there. That's your voluntary way to do it. And if you don't want to take your money back from the IRS, you don't have to.
0: Oh, got it. Okay.
1: So yeah. that's that's The fun gist is you have to pay them, but if you don't owe them any money and they owe you money, that's Uh where the voluntary portion comes in.
0: Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. I had even seen this like YouTube clip with the IRS commissioner saying that. And I'm like, what yeah, what does that even mean? So thanks for clearing that up. I, I know some people that are in the sovereignty spaces. Their interpretation is that you don't have to pay taxes. I, I mean, I won't lie, That thought was interesting to me. However, there's something so amazing about just being responsible and just doing, I don't know, doing your work in a really clean way. And so I will say, even though it might feel a little bit of a pinch to just step up and be really responsible, what it has done for me in the long run is it has freed up my energy to just actually manifest more abundance. So I'm telling you guys, like, don't worry about it. Just do the thing, take care of your responsibilities, even if you're 10 years behind know that you can dig yourself out of it. And you can do it in a way that's not going to like destroy your life by any means. So there, there's a way out of it wherever you might find yourself. But to, I would just recommend go ahead and face that monster because it's it's really not it wasn't that big of a monster. By the time I faced it, I was like, Oh, yeah. that's what I was so scared of. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I mean, there's different ways and different Stages. I mean, I've seen people who, and the biggest thing that I will say is don't ever get too above owing the IRS over a hundred grand in taxes. That's where the IRS can be really scary. That can be where you're getting tax liens left and right. And you feel like you're underwater at all points and times because the IRS wants to keep you underwater to get their money uh-huh. from you. I'm sure. but. If you owe, you know, a reasonable amount and, you know, and you're able to put it on a payment plan with the IRS and you can always renegotiate your payment plan to be what you can't afford, then you're going to keep the IRS at bay and you might get a letter every now and again that says, Hey, this is what your balance is. And, you know, and then you'll just be like, okay, cool. And you just file it away and it can be very simple, but that I will say, unless you owe the IRS a hundred thousand dollars, it they're really not that scary.
0: Oh, okay. That's such that's good news because, I, I mean, you know, especially us new entrepreneurs, you owe somebody five thousand dollars and it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> so just mentally and emotionally, and at the same time, it was so. It was so amazing to me. There was something that just happened at a mental level where as soon as I decided I was going to face this, I'm telling you guys, all the solutions presented themselves. And then here I am on the other side of it, completely caught up, you know, right where I need to be. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that actually wasn't that bad. It really was. Uh, And then the other benefit is all the education that's going to come with it to make you a better business owner.
1: Oh yeah. And there's clients that I will have that will be in like the, you know, they haven't filed te- uh, taxes for 10 years and then yeah. we get them cleaned up. We get it then squared away with the state, with the IRS. And mm-hmm. then they're like, listen, they're like, as long as you file everything on time for me, just tell me who I've got to pay and what I've got to pay. And, <laughs> and I'm good. And it, it truly does like take a monkey off of our clients' backs, yeah. And they're like, listen, you've got it handled, just file it. Mm -hmm. Tell me what I need to do. I'm not worried about it anymore. So just tell me when I need to be worried.
0: Yes, I know. I love it. And that getting that monkey off your back, you guys, that's going to free up so much creative life force energy that you're going to need to run the rest of your business. So that's why yeah, that's why just facing these things is so crucial, kind of when the mountains are smaller, I would say start with start is today would be the smallest your mountain is going to be so start sooner than later. And when one of the other kind of detours that I wanted to take us on quickly was kind of the idea of like S corp. Uh, and I don't exactly know, is it like a different type of status or what? So, okay, so we know what it, what our options are as far as incorporating, but then we've got these different options when it comes to filing our taxes. So could you give us a little bit more education around it? Because I'm still pretty unfamiliar with it at this point. I'm just like, okay, sounds good. Go for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So essentially when you make the election to be an S corp, you're essentially letting the IRS know that you want to distinguish your relationship with the business from an employee role to a shareholder role. And that's the very high level, easy way to explain it. Okay. The second way is it's also a way to end up saving on taxes by planning on what you're going to pay social security and Medicare taxes on. Yeah. So and that's the actual functional portion that we're doing. But high level, we're saying, hey, I'm working as an employee... X amount of hours, this is my rate, this is what I do as an employee for my business. Anything mm-hmm. else and all of like the big chunk of money I make is at the shareholder level because we know shareholders make uh-huh. a lot of money. Okay. And so you, you distinguish those and then you write out, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing as employee, this is what I'm doing as shareholder. And you have all of that for supporting documentation on mm-hmm. what you're doing in that set.
0: Okay, and then that's essentially when like what we just walked through is setting the business owner up on payroll so that they do yeah. become an employee of their company, correct?
1: Yep. Correct. Yeah. So then you file the payroll and a lot of the times you'll hear basic conversations with accountants of, well, if you got a if you're doing an S corp, you have to have a reasonable salary. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing of, you know, Hey, I'm an employee. I'm doing X amount of hours at this rate. Like mm-hmm. this is what I work as an employee. Versus this is what I do as a shareholder and and stuff like that. And making sure that obviously there's a reasonability clause mm-hmm. in there. And yeah. you're know, like, well, if I was to go hire, you know, Sally off the street, can, can she do my employee role for what I'm paying that employee? Mm-hmm. And okay. so bringing that in.
0: Nice. And then a couple of other caveats that I wanted to bring up was things like uh, I learned... I kind of learned about it a little bit too late and I haven't taken advantage of these kinds of things, but like a SEP IRA, or could you just kind of briefly walk people through some of the options or benefits of making deposits into retirement accounts and then how that affects their
1: taxes. Yeah. So, and I think I'm very on a, a weird line where I don't agree with most people that you have to do a retirement account Uh because I'm also the person who believes like, listen, we can manage what your taxes are this year and what you're paying taxes on. I don't know what your tax liability is going to be Mm -hmm. in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Right. So I'm not going to reasonably give you that advice to put away all this money for in 30 years, you're at a higher tax bracket and now you're paying more taxes than you'd be paying right now.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: So, so what do you,
0: yeah, what do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I, I normally end up talking with, you know, my clients about like, what is your long-term goals? Like, is your long-term goal to end up, you know, you're going to be making a million dollars a year and that's who you're going to stay at and you're not going to make less than a million dollars a year? Yeah. Is that like where you see yourself? And a lot of times they're like, maybe not a million, but maybe like 300,000 or something like that. And they're like, that's what my reasonable goal is. I'm like, then what's the difference between you putting that into a brokerage account, you know, where you're able to touch that? You're able to use those funds if you want to go buy a house or anything like that, not get penalized if you're planning on having a higher tax bracket later on down the road.
0: Right on. And so you educate people through the wealth preservation and wealth management investment side as well.
1: Yeah. And so, and I'll have a lot of conversations where they're like, listen, I plan on just living off of what I take out of there. I plan on yeah. having my house paid off, everything like that. And they're like, then that is what you want to do a 401k for, you know, a SEP okay. IRA, anything like that. Like, do you want to lock your funds away if you're planning on having a higher tax bracket down the road and then you want to go buy assets and everything and then you have money that you can't touch
0: oh man yeah okay got it so essentially it's just basically finding out what is the vision of your client Mm -hmm. and then reverse engineering the best path to get them there yeah Okay, very cool. Man, you're like a magic unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize you did quite so much on the um, wealth side as well, but that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that when the time comes. So as we start to close out, what would be the key takeaway that you would love to offer the audience today as what is the most financially responsible, emotionally responsible, mentally responsible takeaway from this conversation of being a beginning entrepreneur and knowing that this is part of the story and just encouraging them to participate in this part of the story for them?
1: Yeah, one, I would just say, as, like, from an accountant, know how you operate with your money mm-hmm. and, like, figure out a way to, you know, put away for taxes or to tackle that and understand that's how you work.
0: Okay.
1: okay. And then find an accountant who's flexible with how you work. There's mm-hmm. some accountants that won't take a picture of your journal that you've written down your expenses in. <laughs> and they're right. like, no, I don't take that. Versus those accountants where they're like, you didn't hand me a bunch of receipts and bank statements. I I love this. Please, please keep doing that. And so just find that way that works for you because there's always going to be somebody who's going to work in the way that you work. As an entrepreneur, I would just say to everybody, don't ever give up because I look at everybody's financials and I will see somebody who literally, where they're making like 20 grand a year in their business for like five years and you know, they're doing everything right. And then they come calling me and they're like, I need to do a tax planning session. I just made a hundred thousand. I made 200,000. And I see it time and time again, of they just like, they keep at it, they keep doing it. And it literally ends up like they're making so much money from it. And I have to redo their entire structure that we no longer have them like, on anymore. And so just keep up with it.
0: Yes, thank you. That's so good for me to hear too, because I'm still at that baby level of, I think I got, you know, really great success fairly quickly. And then it just kind of goes up and down. And now I don't know what next year is going to look like, maybe it'll explode, maybe it'll calm down. But it's nice to hear that to just stick with it, stay the Mm -hmm. course, no matter what. So uh, speaking of finding people like you, do you work with every state? Can anybody in the country work with you?
1: Yeah, we work with every state. There's obviously states that we have more clients in than others. And Mm -hmm. at that point, like if you're in a state that we maybe have one other client in or we don't have a client in, I'm just going to say, hey, I've got to brush up on your state tax laws. and And really when it comes to different states, I don't know why a lot of offices don't work with a lot of different states because mm-hmm. it's just a different adaptation of the federal tax code. Okay. So it really just depends upon your knowledge of the federal tax code and then interpret how the state is now writing it.
0: Mm-hmm. So perfect. And then remind me you offer, is it like coaching, consulting, education? Okay, like, so you offer a couple of different products yourself and then what are all the products that your company offers?
1: Yeah. So we normally end up just calling it like tax planning or consulting because we like to look at everything from the tax perspective and, okay. you know, what are you going to do to do this? And obviously there's different coaches out there for how do you grow your profits and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't care to go into that. I care mm-hmm. to go, Hey, your profits at this this is how it's going to be taxes, this is what we need to do, and so on and so forth. And I'm really good at, you know, letting, you know, all of our clients know of, hey, at this stage, this is what we're doing at this stage, this is what we're doing. And letting you know, upon your growth of, you know, what the ideal plan is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from there, obviously, we do a lot of taxes, bookkeeping, payroll services, Uh the tax planning, we do audits for businesses. And, um, pretty much, we like to say that we're a full service accounting firm. So, you know, if you've got IRS letters, we've got a full team that calls <laughs> the IRS, calls the state. Yes. Tries to figure out what they're wanting, try to decipher their letters and stuff like that. Cause sometimes the uh-huh. letters will be detailed. Sometimes they won't be. And we're like, OK, cool. We're mm-hmm. in a guessing game. OK,
0: awesome. Yeah, I, I just can't recommend you guys enough because it is overwhelming and it is scary to step into this world and I see why I shied away from it for those two and a half years of just pushing it off to the side and I I easily see how somebody could get to 10 years it's just if if we have no education of course we're not going to deal with it So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post all of your links in the description box below. Mm -hmm. But go ahead and let everybody know what the best way is to find you guys, how to reach out, how to schedule consultation. What's that process look like?
1: Yeah, so the best way to reach us is to go on our website and there you can do the contact us through our website or you can just schedule a consultation with us right through there. And we'll just on the call or, you know, we'll answer your email, answer any of the questions, answer any of those like looming IRS letters or anything like that and get it to where it's very simple. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we have clients that even will get like their IRS letters and we'll just send it over. They're like, I didn't even open this. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) And we open it and we're like, okay, hey, this is what we're doing. Just FYI. Oh, that's amazing. Take care of it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will say it's so nice that, cause I don't know how many of you guys are on the team, but I've gotten to work with three of you so far and it's just, you've really attracted some quality people. And I very much feel like I'm working with friends. I've never felt, um, intimidated. If anything, I feel just very comfortable and I feel like anything that I've got, I just, it, it, Within 24 hours, I feel like I have an answer and a solution and process, which is really very phenomenal. So before we wrap up, do you have any final words of wisdom that you can leave our audience with before we say our goodbyes?
1: I think I've covered it all. But just again, just never give up. I mean, figure out what you love to do and just turn that into what you're doing. and, Mm -hmm. And it's easy then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just hopefully, uh, Stacy and I are an example to all of you guys that are watching that here we are pretty young as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is like three, four years in, and it's life changing. It really can change your whole existence to just follow that whisper and pursue the passion that's in front of you trusting that the right people will show up to support you so thank you guys so much for spending your time with us today and we'll see you in the next episode thank you so much for sticking around and watching another episode of the dream into being podcast i appreciate your time more than you can imagine And I love being able to bring content to you that has practical applications To really help you bring your dreams into reality by learning how to dream again and creating abundance for yourself by pulling those visions into manifest reality. So, if you enjoyed today's episode and you would love to share your support, then please like and subscribe and even leave me a comment or two about future topics that you would love for us to cover on the show. Also, if you yourself have had any kind of transformation around any of the experiment topics that we cover, whether it be abundance, manifestation, creation, aka the entrepreneurial journey, healing, kindness, or connection, then please feel free to reach out to me. You can find my email in the description box below and I would love to have you on the show. Hopefully you get a chance to see yourself in the stories of the guests that we have on the show and are able to take away some great key takeaways that at the very least remind you that you are not in this alone and remind you that you are the master that you've been waiting for. We'll see you in the next episode.